Well, here we come to the end of the sixth I am statement of Jesus. I've taken three weeks on this, and rightfully so. You see, in this sixth I am statement of Jesus, he basically summarizes why he even came to this earth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I want to emphasize again the definite articles, the. He is the way. There's no other way but Jesus Christ. There's no other way to God the Father. There's no other way to heaven. There's no other way to life. There's no other way to truth. He is the truth. So today we want to talk about the life. The life. Well, John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said in John 10.10, I am come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. So he is talking about us having life. Boy, I know every media outlet and every Hollywood personnel will try to define what life is to you and to me. Oh, you'll see the commercials. Now, that's the life. Or you might say in your own heart and mind at the beach, in the mountains, wherever that one special place to you, now this is the life. This is it. And you're already conjuring up those images in your head. I understand that. But the life is something that can only be found, obviously, in Jesus Christ. And what does that mean exactly? Well, you know, I have learned that people today and always have kind of lived their lives out of fear. So many people live their lives out of fear of failure. They started out with with heavy expectations placed on them by parents, teachers, or whatever the case might be, coaches, athletic directors, whoever it might be, uh, whoever is instructing you in some particular discipline or pursuit. And there you are. What if I fail? What if I fail? My life becomes more than striving for success. It's more trying to avoid failure. A young girls start out cooking, and what if I fail? What if, what if my food's not good? So I don't even attempt it anymore. Or there's that living out of fear, out of finances. Well, what if we don't have enough money? What if we have more month than we have money? What if we have little to spend, and what are all this fear of financial failure as well. Some live out of sheer boredom. I got a kick out of a, a tourist poster that I saw in a travel agency. And it read, escape the ordinary, the usual, the predictable, the boring. Take a fun-filled trip with us. Two ladies were overheard talking about that particular travel poster. And one, one of the ladies said, wouldn't this just be a lot of fun? And her friend said, well, you know, it sounds great, but I don't want to take the ordinary, the usual, the predictable, and the boring along with me. Her friend said, who would that be? She said, me. <laughs> so some of us live that life that's kind of boring. Others live that life with no purpose at all, whatsoever. 
We have no goals in our life. We have no destination, or, or so we think. We have nothing at the end of the day to, to say that we have actually accomplished. We just really wake up and go to bed and, in the evening and with no purpose whatsoever. Bertrand Russell, the well-known atheist, said, unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. And we all know what a rut is. That's a grave with the ends removed. And that's the way it is with so many people that are living meaningless, purposeless lives. Jesus, though, turned it around. He said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. These things, I want my joy to be in you and that your joy may be full. We see in Acts the account of the Apostle Paul, who at that time was called Saul. Saul would give a testimony later on in life and say, you know, he was persecuting those Christians at that time they were called in the way. And as he was in the way, as it were, persecuting these Christians, dragging them out of their houses, beating them, stoning them, killing them. He said, you know, I was uh, circumcised the eighth day according to the law. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. There wasn't anybody more Jewish than me. I was a Pharisee. Nobody adhered more to the law than I did. Here I was, a, a member of the Sanhedrin. I was one that was of the tribe of Benjamin. And yet, something about it, maybe he had maxed out his life. He had reached the top rung of all accomplishments and achievements. And there was something that was different. As he was giving the order to stone Stephen, to kill him, there was something in, his, in Stephen's countenance, in his expression, as he looked heavenward. And as Stephen said, Lord, do not lay this upon them. Paul said on his way to Damascus, that bright light from heaven that knocked him off his high horse also gave him purpose for life. Some years later, he would write, for me to live is Christ. I count all things that I've ever gained as sheer rubbish for the life that I have now in Christ Jesus. Wow. Now that's full of joy. That's the life that Jesus is talking about for me to live as Christ. Phillips Brooks, who some of you know, wrote the old little town of Bethlehem, was quite an expositor in the pulpit. There's an interesting statue of him at the Trinity Church in Boston, Massachusetts. And at that statue, he's standing at a pulpit with an open Bible. Behind him stands Jesus with his hand on the preacher's shoulder. In a letter to a friend, he wrote, All experience comes to be but more and more the pressure of Christ's life upon ours. I cannot tell how personal this grows to me. He is here. He knows me and I know Him. He is no figure of speech. It is the realest thing in the world. One of his biographers would write, Phillips Brooks conversed with Christ as his most intimate friend. He loved his earthly friends and enjoyed their companionship, but for none of them had he such attachment 
as for Christ. Amen. You know what? I, I have been charged by non-believers with being a person that doesn't have much fun. Obviously, they don't know me. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, Christians are charged with non-believers of being people that are kind of stick-in-the-mud type people that just really are, are kind of soured at life all the time. I don't know who they've been observing, but it is sure not you and me and so many others that I know. And that, that we don't know how to have fun, that we don't know how to enjoy life, that so many things are, are missing in our lives. What's missing? Nothing. For me to live is Christ, and you need to say the same thing in your own life. We have that joy in us which was in Christ Jesus, and that joy in us that was in Christ Jesus is full, and it's complete, and we lack absolutely nothing. Amen. Colossians 1.16 puts it this way, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. Well, you see, we go back to last week's sermon. When God created us in His own image, He created us for one purpose, and that's to have fellowship with Him. And so that fellowship with Him makes our life full and meaningful. It gives us that opportunity to become the kind of people that God expects us to be in Him. And then Satan comes along and starts whispering in our ear, there's something better out there. Your life is not full without that brand new car, without that mansion, without that, that experience, without these people, without this clothes, and so on and so forth. And, and Madison Avenue marketing is just at its best when they're trying to tell us, you really think you're comfortable? You really think that you're having a good time? You really think that your life is full? Not so fast. I've got a better idea. I've got a better solution. I've got a better life for you. Jesus has created us with that emptiness in our lives that cannot be filled by things, by experiences, by anything other than by Jesus Christ. And so it becomes, when He said, I'm come that you might have a life abundant, there's nothing boring about serving the Lord. I look at my life and, and I remember on the time Mary Jo and I were looking at each other, I was 39 years old. I know, it just, probably five or six years ago. <laughs> but it was on the eve of my 40th birthday, and I turned to Mary Jo and I said, you know what, if the Lord were to take me home today, my life would have been so full, and everything beyond that had just been icing on the cake. I can't think of a day that has gone by that, I, that has been boring, has been uneventful, unexciting. Uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we're faithful to Him and serve Him, our lives become an adventure. And it becomes something that's exciting. It is uh, adrenaline flowing. It is all of those things that you might want. It's not a roller coaster ride because that's only over for a few minutes. It's more deep than that can experience. Andrei Bitov, a Russian novelist, grew up in an atheistic communist regime. He would write, In my 27th year, while riding the metro in Leningrad, which is now St. Petersburg, 
Russia. I was overcome with a despair so great that life seemed to stop at once, preempting the future entirely, let alone any meaning. Suddenly, all by itself, a phrase appeared. Without God, life makes no sense. He would continue by writing, repeating it in astonishment. Without God, life makes no sense. I rode the phrase up like a moving staircase, got out of the metro, and walked into God's light. Boy, now that's exciting, folks. I don't know where you're coming from spiritually, internally, experientially. I don't know where you are. But I do know that in Christ Jesus, we have His fullness of joy. We have His experience. We have His direction every day. There's not a day that goes by. Let me. Some of you say, well, I don't see any challenges. Let me give you a heads up here. We're going to be sponsoring a dental clinic on November 2nd, on Saturday. We're going to need 10 to 12 volunteers on a minimum. Oh, you got some opportunity. We've got chances coming up in, in Bahamian Relief and, and maybe going with us and a team to the Bahamas. I have never experienced more joy than I have in Christ Jesus. Doing the things that He asks. Some of you are doing things in your neighborhood. You're doing things in your home Bible studies. You're, you're, you're conducting Bible studies here on the campus. Some of you are, are involved in other people's lives. You're ministering to shut-ins. You're doing things. And it gives you a joy and a sense of, of belonging in the family of God through Christ Jesus that gives you such an overwhelming excitement and enthusiasm for life. I see it in your countenance. I see it in your step. I see it in, in the way that you talk about your daily experiences. Wow. I'm come that you might have an abundant life. You might have life more abundantly, greater. In superabundance, the Greek would say. Superabundance. Greater than anything you've ever experienced, that you've ever expected at all. Well, I'm telling you what. And talking about missions, I never will forget. It was a missions conference. I was a part of it. We had we were talking about people going on mission trips. And I remember this lady in her late 60s at that particular time. She had just returned from the Ivory Coast of Africa, helping them physically build a church building so that the church could meet inside. And it was her first missionary experience. And she was so excited about it. And finally, uh, they asked for a question and answer period. And a man stood up and he said, well, I'm an attorney. What could I do? The lady from the Ivory Coast had just returned, stood up immediately. She said, you can hold the other end of a board. <laughs> Why complicate it? Just be available. Just be there. Be willing to serve in whatever capacity the Lord calls you to do it. So many people have told me they'd love to serve, but they say, what can I do? Are you available? Well, kind of. I've got physical infirmities. I've got limitations. And there's some, a lot of things I can't do. That's not the question. 
Are you available? Fish and loaves don't look very impressive unless they're in the hands of the Master. Then they look impressive. You and I may not look impressive with our inabilities, our things that we can't do, things that we really can do but we really don't want to. And it's not our ability nor our inability that really matters. It's our availability. And so the question is, are you available? Are you available? You ask some of these people around here that you see with smiles on their faces, what are you actually doing for the Lord? They'll tell you, whatever He asks. (laughs) That's simple. Whatever He asks. And so it's that abundant life that comes to you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if that's not good enough with the life that we experience on planet Earth, Jesus said, now just sit back and watch this. Because I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even though he shall die. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die, Jesus said. Wow. You mean to tell me that all of this joy and abundant life that I have in Jesus Christ right now is going to be actually trumped? by what I'm about to experience when I step over into eternity? Absolutely. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. You think, you think you've seen a great life now. You think you've seen beauty now. You think you've seen the brilliance of colors now. Wait until you see what I prepared for you, those of you that love me. Wow. You know, I have found when, I, when, you, when somebody trusts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Have you ever noticed all of a sudden the skies are bluer? The birds sing more beautifully, more clearly. Things begin to take shape that you never noticed before. You begin to see things that you never saw because God is being glorified in your profession of faith, in your walk with Him, in your discipleship, in your pilgrimage called life. Life, abundant, forever. Wow. And then, if that's not enough, wait. It's also eternal. It's also eternal. Now, the question is, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, He said to His disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many rooms, many mansions, in many rooms, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm coming again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. You're not going on this pilgrimage alone. From the time that you give your heart and mind and soul to Jesus Christ, from that moment on, He's with you always. Even to the end of this world. Even until the end of this age. Even until the end of everything. Wow. Boy, I said, I've read Revelation. I know how this thing comes out. Those of us that love football, I have to stick this one in there. How neat it would be if all of us football fans knew that we were on the winning team. And even before we started watching the game, it's like having it recorded and you knowing the outcome. You know that your team's going to win every time. That's what Revelation's all about. You know you're on the winning team by faith in Jesus Christ. You know what He has prepared for those of us that love Him. You know what the ultimate outcome is going to be. 
So why do we watch the game? Because that's the joy in it all. Wow, Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do today in my route, in my step, in my pilgrimage to my eternal station. Boy, this is just going to be fantastic. Well, I know some of you are living lives that are living out of fear, perhaps boredom, perhaps without purpose at all. In Christ Jesus, you have no boredom. In Christ Jesus, remember what he said? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Fear not. I am with you always, even to the end of this earth, even to the end of this age, even until the story begins to take shape for all of us. Wow. Enthusiasm. Excitement. It's all out there for you. God's placed an eternity in the hearts of mankind. We're created in His own image for one purpose, and that's to have fellowship with God through Jesus Christ because Jesus said it this way, I, Jesus, am the way. You want it? You want abundant life? You want eternal life? Jesus is the way. You want to know the truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. You want to know, you want to take fact from fiction in all of life's educational process? He's the truth. And He's the life. And what a life He is. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you trusted in Him? Have you followed Him in baptism by immersion? Have you, are you looking for a church home? Here's the place where you need to serve if God is calling you here. This is a family. This is a church family. I know of no other place I'd rather serve the Lord than right here. And we'd love to have you join us in this ministry we call life. Let's pray. Our most gracious Father, we just praise you for who you are and we thank you for this day that you've given us. Lord God, what a wonderful time to be alive and in your service. Father, there's never been a time that has seen more people coming to know you by faith. Lord, there's never been a time that has been more ripe for seeing a harvest of souls than today. There's never been a greater hunger in the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ than there is today. There's never been a time when more people are turning to you than right now. What a time it is to serve you, Lord. You came that we might have life abundantly, everlasting, by faith in you. We praise you for the decisions being made even now. Thank you. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.